You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Warning The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. What are you, the listeners of The Savage Nation, doing to keep up your spirit in these trying times? I don't think you're playing the piano and singing an Italian uh, Opera. I don't know what you're doing, but you can't listen to doom and gloom a day and night. You can't listen to the uh, sycophants and you can't listen to the attackers. You can't listen to Pelosi. Who can you turn to in a time like this to keep your spirits up? If at all, is there anything you can turn to? Well, just one question. One question. I can give you some stories about the death toll. You know, during the Middle Ages, during the Black Plague, they had carts going through the towns with people uh, with the death carts and the, 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 you know, you see woodcuts and it was bring out your dead. They ran the, the carts through the villages of Europe and the carts would cart away the dead and the men in the, pulling the carts would say, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. Is that what you want me to tell you today? Because in New York, they're digging mass graves. They're prisoners digging mass graves. So if you want to ignore what's going on and live in a dream world, I don't blame you. If you want to uh, just uh, keep smoking your weed and think that's going to save you, do what you want. I could care less. But the reality is different. And the human spirit will survive one way or the other. There are always those who will survive anything. People survived the trench warfare. People survived World War II. People survived the jungles of Vietnam. People survived the, Ho- the, the uh, I can't remember the name of the reservoir in, in Korea, one of the worst battles in, in military history. People survived anything. The Chosun Reservoir, right? The Chosun Reservoir men survived in that temperature. They come back and they live their lives. We'll survive it. But, you know, uh, where are we, when are we going to get to, to a second base on this? When are we going to get to second base? We hear that the worst is yet to come. We hear that the next two weeks are going to be the worst. And frankly, the president looks, you know, he's he's under the gun from this. I don't know how one man can take what he put up with, what they did to him for two years. Then he just comes out of that, and then this hits him in the midst of the most thriving economy in American history. How would you feel if you were him, if you're undermined every day, no matter what you do? You give a $2 trillion stimulus, and that gangster Pelosi comes out and says it's only a down payment. $25 million for her friends at the Kennedy Center, and they're not even paying the employees. You won't believe this one. Wait until you hear this story. Pelosi stole $25 million of the money for the people who were sick. Stole $25 million of money that was supposed to go for masks, respirators, pay doctors, keep hospitals going. Pelosi stole $25 million with her gangster goombas there in the Democrat Party for the Kennedy Center. And they're saying at the Kennedy Center, they're not even going to pay their employees, not even going to pay them. So where's the money going to at the Kennedy Center? No doubt to the executives who will use it for their pensions. That's where the money's going. What do you mean operations? What what does operations mean? 
They're laying people off like crazy there. So how much other money has been stolen by the gangster bums in the Democrat Party? Well, they're not alone. How much money's been stolen on the other side? How about Kentucky Mitch? I mean, Kentucky Mitch made a big, a big payment for a suntan plant to keep going in Kentucky. You say, well, that's good. People need jobs. Well, people need jobs everywhere. It's like a ghost town here in California. You know, I drive around here. I feel like I'm in a science fiction movie. How about you? It doesn't seem real to me. But even in the midst of it, I'm on a country road going to the supermarket. And one a-hole, wherever I am, there's always an A-H. Out of nowhere, they get on your tail. A small country road. I'm trying to take a leisurely ride to the supermarket. My once every few days. Uh, and there's an idiot on your tail. You know, it makes you want to stop the car, get out and spit in their face. I don't do that. But what is wrong with people? Then you get to the supermarket and you could see every variety of human, uh, human being there. One is masked up like they're ready to uh, take a moonwalk. I had one next to me near the vegetables the other day. This guy had masks and goggles. He looked like he was getting ready for a snorkel trip in COVIDville. I mean, he had goggles on, a mask. His mouth was covered with gauze. He was wearing like a hazmat suit over the vegetables. And then the clerks, you know, they are wearing nothing. You know, they're laughing at it. You know, people are, you know, you see the human beings and the variety of paranoia now, by the way. You can see the variety of paranoia. Okay, look, I wear my gloves in there. I, I'm not wearing a mask because the mask is idiotic. The mask doesn't keep you from breathing in uh, any of the virus that may be in the, any particles in the air. Keeps you from infecting others. So unless you're infected, what do you need a mask for? What do you like, the Lone Ranger? What are you wearing it for? You want to dress up like for Halloween? All right, maybe if you're in the streets of New York, a mask makes sense. Where this, you know, were a lot of people walking around and aspirating in, out, out, in. All right, so in that sense. But in a supermarket, forget about it. I can get everything I want in the supermarket where I live, except toilet paper. I don't understand it. The most anal people on earth live in San Francisco. I don't get this. How many times can they wipe their butt a day? What are they doing with that toilet paper? What are they, trading it for butter and eggs? Is there some barter system going on? I'll give you one roll of toilet paper for a half dozen. I've never seen anything like it. But now the market came up with some low-grade toilet paper, like the six pathetic little rolls. I feel like it's like Poland in, in 1946. You know, the one salami in the butcher store I've been telling you about under communism. So now there's like four rolls of toilet paper and it says one roll per customer. I didn't even need it, but I bought, I bought a roll. This is part of the, the mass hysteria, by the way. It's like you see everyone else buying it. You figure maybe, what do they need it for? They expect they're going to have a diarrhea attack from the coronavirus? I don't understand it. But you can see all sorts of human behavior, the stockpiling, the hoarding. In the darkest of times, people have to express the beauty in their soul, if there is any beauty in their soul. That's the truth. But is there any beauty left in the souls anymore? What are you doing to keep up your spirit in these times? Are you following the guidelines the president and your governors are giving you? Do you think that the regulations will be maintained forever? Are President Trump's daily briefings giving you comfort or making you fearful? Do you know anyone who has been affected by uh, SARS-CoV-2? Has this happened to you? Who do you blame for this? That's like saying, who do you blame for, for, for an earthquake? Who do you blame for an earthquake? 
Now, I'm not a prophet, you know that. I'm just a talk show host. A reasonably well-read talk show host. But do you know that last November, some of you noted it on Twitter, they said, Savage, I remember you said on your show that in the first, you said in the first quarter of 2020, you fear something terrible is coming, that things are too good right now. Do you remember that, Jim? I don't have the sound to prove it. I'm not trying to get a halo and a, another merit badge. They said, Michael, you said on your show things are going too well in America. Everything that rises must fall. You said that something horrible and terrible is coming in 2020. Well, I don't know. But I got to tell you something else. I don't think this is the end. I've been telling my friends I have a fear and another premonition. And I don't know whether I should unleash it on the audience because I don't want to do a war of the worlds. I don't want to be blamed for panicking anybody out there, but I have a very bad intuition about something else that's coming. And I think I'll keep it to myself for now. I'm not trying to lead you and bait you. It doesn't really matter anymore. We're living in a different time. The whole hotshot thing with radio, you know, to get you to listen and hang you on for the next segment. That's ridiculous. Anyone is still doing that. The world has changed. Who gives a damn? So I'm asking you a question and I want to read something to you. I had long known God is a vengeful God. I wrote that in, in uh, God, Faith, and Reason. It's on page 109. I wrote this. I said, I had long known God is a vengeful God, one who judged according to his laws, allowing no mercy. Nothing occurs on this earth that is not somehow related to behavior in this world or the world of our karmic past. I had been taught that precept in two distinctly different ways by two distinctly different parents. My father, Benjamin, the son of Samuel, had given me the mechanistic, the mechanistic view of the universe through his explanations of the natural world. I remember Frank Buck, the animal collector, from a film shown in a cozy room one rainy summer day. I think it was in August, and my father was enjoying his intermittent summer rest from the little antique shop in New York City. The city was a hundred miles beyond the low round mountains that sheltered our precious togetherness. As the old projector flipped its filmic images of a far off Indian jungle with the pith helmeted hero collector trying to ensnare rare animals without killing them. My father whispered his running comments in that deep, strong voice. I still seek. He, as my first teacher, seemed to instruct me in a wisdom I immediately understood. As an adult, I have learned that as a person, I take things personally. Those proclaiming the wisdom of the East declare the opposite. They believe that the precept of humility requires a loss of personhood, a willingness to submit to others who may insult, even humiliate them. But somehow Frank Buck's ensnarement of those poor wild beasts in the Indian jungle in that rainy summer movie room showed me the supremacy of man over beast with mercy. All men seek to control others who cannot control themselves. That passion is the wild beast, and our will, as it is called, or belief in self-control, is the pathway to reason, to compassion, and to God. My mother, Rachel, daughter of Rebecca, accepted man's fate more pacifically. Her ill son, my brother Jerome, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed beauty, had been born blind, deaf, and unable to move. He was the ultimate hostage in a game between God and the family. 
Why, oh, why, I used to ask this patient woman, did God, who you say is good, make my brother so broken? Despite her tears, her permanently handkerchiefed hand, her loyalty to her second son, my poor brother was boundless. God, she told me, never makes a mistake. He has his reasons for everything. And so she accepted her imperfect son, continuing to visit him once a week for 23 long, cold years after he had been sent to a hospital against her maternal instinct at the advice of a secular physician who said, you must send them away for the sake of the healthy children. Well, the healthy children were myself and my sister. As time would prove, the silent may be wiser than those capable of ensnaring with their guile, the crippled lighter than the athlete, which is why I searched for the answers in the distant silence of the Pacific Islands, seeking to find the cure for my little brother, long dead, in a covenant with all the ills of the world. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Listen, we're in weird times. What if a medical emergency arises? Are you really prepared? Everyone says, oh, it'll never happen to me. But it can when you least expect it. In a medical emergency, air, medcare, network providers can transport you or a family member to the nearest hospital and if you're a member, you'll see no out-of-pocket costs related to your air flight. That's right. You won't pay a dime when transported by an AMCN provider. You should know health insurance may not cover the full cost of emergency medical transport. And even with comprehensive coverage, you could still get hit with substantial deductibles and co-pays. Pay attention. Sign up for an Air Medicare Network membership. AMCN is the largest air ambulance membership network with more than 3 million members, including me. You heard me right. This costs as little as $85 for your entire household and protects you whether you're at home or traveling. For $85, can you afford not to have this? Right now, as part of The Savage Nation, you'll get up to a $50 gift card when you join AMCN. Please, for the sake of yourself and your family, go to the special website, airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage and use code savage. It's simple. airmedcarenetwork.com slash savage and then use code savage. Do you find yourself um, thinking about God more in these times? Has your faith been renewed or have you turned away from your faith because of this? that we're living through. And again, I have to ask you, what are you doing to keep up your spirit? Some of you saying, well, I'm just doing my work. I'm keeping my nose to the grindstone. That is a way through it. I love my radio show, but I do other things. If it was just radio, I don't think I could make it. You have to have other outlets for your spiritual needs, especially in trying times, or you will not make us. You have to develop new outlets for your spiritual needs, or you will not make this. I'm telling you right now. Man cannot live by bread alone. I, you know, I quipped in the beginning, man cannot live by toilet paper alone. Of course, it was a takeoff on man cannot live by bread alone. No, you can't live by bread alone, and you can't live by toilet paper alone, and you can't live by Netflix alone. 
How many times can you watch El Chapo on Netflix? How many times can you watch the Mexican mafia kill innocent women and children and find that entertaining? How many times can you watch anything over any it's garbage after a while? So there's only one senator who saw this coronavirus coming, according to an article, Tom Cotton, military man, and he tried to warn the nation. He said, I don't have a background in science or public health, but I have two eyes. And as a longtime China hawk, Senator Cotton found his interest peaked early on his, the reports that the virus was primarily from East Asian news sources. Two things struck me about China's response, he said. They had deceit and their dishonesty going back to early December. And second, the extreme draconian measures they had taken. By the third week, they had more than 75 million people on lockdown, confined to their homes and apartments. Otherwise, they were arrested. Are you paying attention, uh, Governor Cuomo? You can learn from your Chinese compatriots. If you just look to China, you'll see what they did next. Mr. Cuomo, in some cases, the Chinese welded front door shut. You haven't done that yet. You should consider it. Send out your goon squad while you're talking about meatballs and sausages with your parents. Go and weld people into their apartments. No, no, that's where they're going. Weld the door shut. Lock everybody up. So Trump announces a ban on January 31st. And Pelosi called him a racist. The Democrats howled that he was a racist for stopping Chinese from coming in. Michael Savage, a host like no other. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Now, if you listen in the background, you hear my water boiling. Is it coming coming through the microphone? No. I'm in the radio studio. I'm boiling water to make my green tea. You know, nothing's time right with food with me. I have organic green tea because I'm, I'm drinking more green tea now because of the, the, um, the quercetin in it. By the way, if you want to see food sources of quercetin, it's on michaelsavage.com. Then I got foods high in zinc activators, quercetin and epigallocatechin, the berries, the tea. Then I got foods high in zinc. You can hear a lot about chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine. It may work. It may not work. It could be liver hepatotoxic but the thing for you to know is that quercetin and epigallocatechin open the cellular gateways permitting zinc to enter and to uncouple the virus all viruses by the way you can't buy zinc online anymore incidentally i try to go online and buy it everyone knows about zinc so they're buying it but they don't know what they're doing if you're going to take more than 30 milligrams, you're going to wind up with stomach problems, intestinal disorder. You know, this is the problem with idiots who don't know what they're doing and tell, oh, good, take zinc. Take zinc. They're all nutritionists already. I'm sure Hannity will give zinc advice tonight. Tonight, Hannity will be telling you to take zinc. You ought to stuff an oyster in his yap and stop talking for a while. Send him a dozen oysters on me and tell him to just swallow them without the shells. 
high in zinc. Don't take more than 30 milligrams of zinc a day. That's number one. And with quercetin, don't take too much or you'll wind up damaging your liver because it does almost the same thing to your liver that the hydroxy uh, does. So uh, there's dosages. There's dosage for the drug, and this is the problem. People are hoarding the drug now through doctors they know. They don't know what to take or how much to take. They're taking it prophylactically. They don't even know what that's going to do to them. So you got people who are frightened, and they don't know what they're doing. So I'm a foods-first nutritionist. I always have been. Foods high in zinc. Foods high in zinc activators like quercetin. It's on michaelsavage.com. For your review, it costs you nothing. Okay. So my tea is boiling. Again, I want to repeat something I said the other day. Sometimes a man is so tied to a righteous cause that he believes he is the cause. I try not to be that man. There was a time in the early days of my career that I believed I was the cause. That's when you, you get swollen with your pride and your ego. Sometimes a man is so tied to a righteous cause he believes he is the cause. No, we're not the cause. We're tied to a cause. What is the cause that talk show hosts are tied to? Well, if you're a conservative, you're tied to small, limited government. <laughs> what a quaint phrase. That's as quaint as San Francisco is. Well, I'm into small government. Are you, Sean? What else are you for? You don't know what? No one knows what they're for anymore because none of it works anymore. What do you mean small government? Tell me that that hasn't gone out the window now. Trump blew out the budget, $2 trillion. He had to do it. Had to do it. Had to bail out everyone. But we're no longer small government. We're almost indistinguishable from a welfare state. We are a welfare state. There's almost no distinction between America and a welfare state. None. Tell me how we differ. So you're going to hear morons still say, I'm, I'm a conservative. What do you stand for? Small government. Smaller, limited government. Uh, we're not living in 1985. Suddenly it's 2020. How quaint I'm for small government. So how do I define my conservatism in these times? It's simple. See, borders, language, and culture have never changed. That's like the Bible. It's why I read the Bible, even though I'm not that much of a religious guy. I believe there are immutable truths in the Bible, here and there, not everywhere. And I believe that my phrase will live long beyond anyone can imagine. My definition of a nation, a nation is defined by... Borders, language, culture still applies. In fact, it applies more now after the virus than before. Because had we put in place my recommendations for the last 25 years of secure our borders and been much more vigilant about our borders and who we were letting in, I wrote about immigrants and epidemics 25 years ago. I was right. We need our language as a common unifier more than ever. And we need our culture more than ever. And the politicians need to understand what our culture is. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights, that's our culture. It's not the culture of corruption. It's not the culture of grabbing power. It's not the culture of stuffing your pockets in the pockets of your rotten, stinking, verminous friends. Your rotten, stinking friends or you inside a traitor's you. Look at Feinstein, the inside a traitor sold that stock just before the, 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 the corona. She wasn't alone, but look at them. And what's going to happen? Nothing. So I don't want to even talk about it. I don't really don't want to agitate. I don't need agita right now, you know. 
The one good thing about this, and there's one good thing, is the goddamn celebrities have shut their stinking mouths. I don't have to look at another whore showing me her abs on a beach in Miami. I'm so thankful I don't have to see another Hollywood whore showing me her abs and dropping her brassiere somewhere in, in the St. Martin's. Oh, look at me, my little bikini. Another moron. They should all go to a nunnery. I'm sick of them all. Thank God the celebrity culture is dead. What about that distorted waste of humanity? That waste of DNA, that Kardashian. Have they shut their big mouths yet? Have they shut their damn big mouths yet? Do I have to still see that idiot? Okay, Jim's saying calm down. I'm not supposed to get excited on the doctor's orders. My orders. I'm not supposed to blow any, any fuses. I won't. Pelosi's not, not an example of the best of the Italian people. She's an example of the worst, in my opinion, if you want to know the truth. She makes me puke. She makes me puke, but she doesn't represent her people any more than a greedy rabbi uh, represents the Jewish people or a molesting priest represents Jewish people or a welfare ganif in Munsey Park represents the Jewish people. These are extreme examples within each people's. But then again, I'm going on and on. Here we are. There's so much good sound. I could be on the air now for like, I feel like Fidel Castro in the square. I could talk for eight hours right now, but you're not going to have eight hours of me. You can have another hour and 15 minutes, and then you could get it on the podcast, and you can listen to it all night over and over again. You could keep recycling my, my podcast if you must hear my voice. But one day after many a summer dies, the swan, this stops. Everything comes to an end. Whether you want to make it come to an end or it's, it comes to an end on its own or a power structure ends you, everything comes to an end. But then something else emerges. Grass grows. The daffodils grow again. Anyway, my genmacha is brewing here. Organic green tea from China. Hmm. You know, there's a huge, as you know, everyone knows the big surge in Italy is because of the high number of Chinese workers there. You're not allowed to say it according to the liberal scum. But everybody knows why there was a big outbreak in Italy. Everyone knows it. Anyone who studied this. The most basic epidemiologist, 101, knows that the huge population of Chinese garment workers, the slave laborers there in Italy, mainly in the Milano area, uh, in the garment trades, they were going back and forth and forth and back, and back and forth and back and forth, back and forth and forth and back. Then you got the Italians who were going back and forth and forth and back Okay, so there you go. That's why Italy blew up. There was not a mystery to why it blew up. Any more than there's a mystery to why the epicenters in America are roll the drums, New York City, and specific areas of New York City where there are large subpopulations and large homeless populations, which I've been warning about for months, if not years. And you've seen nothing yet of what's coming when this virus mutates with what's in those homeless encampments, you're not going to believe the night. I've warned you for years. Put aside the, the morality of it, put, put aside the ethics of it, just from a public health point of view. Anyone running a city like this, these sanctuary cities, why do you think these cities are the worst for the disease in the country? They were petri dishes for this. It was waiting to happen. Anyone with basic common hygienic sense knew this. You had people crapping in the streets of San Francisco. And Pelosi stepped over the crap and said, eat in Chinatown in late January. Come have dim sum. I got I to gotta take a break. The Savage Nation.
It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. So what are you doing to cope? So I put it on Twitter. People saying, she's, uh, one says, I'm organizing messy closets, makes me feel in control, doing a lot of laundry and cleaning. I hear a lot of women are cleaning their houses now for the first time. It's not like they had dirty, but like organizing, cleaning, throwing things out. People are doing that. It makes sense. Golda Meir used to clean her apartment before making decisions of state when she was the prime minister of Israel. She said that before making a decision about war, she would get on her hands and knees and mop the floors and clean her apartment in Israel. I understand that organizing and cleaning makes you feel, I don't know, in control. So here's a zinger for you in the midst of all of the homely stuff I'm giving you. I gave you my equivalent of the meatball and sausage job just now. Here's a zinger for the end of the hour. No one said this yet. I haven't heard it. Maybe they said it. Is the Wuhan virus our Pearl Harbor? Write that down because I'm going to tweet it in two seconds. Is this our Pearl Harbor? Only they're so clever we don't even know we've been attacked. Is it a Trojan horse virus? Now, I can't ask the question, but I just did. But then again, I'm not a politician. I'm only a mere talk show host. I have no influence whatsoever. I only ask questions. After all, I'm not Larry David, the genius, called upon by Governor Newsom to tell people to go home and watch his crap on television instead of doing something significant. Watch that low-life throwback. You know why I hate Larry David's show? Because he represents the worst of the Jews. He is a stereotype of the weak, schlemiel, miserly Jew. He's a stereotype, a walking stereotype, like Step and Fetch it was for the blacks. If you were to believe that every, if you watch Larry David, you think every Jew is like him. That's why Step and Fetch It was so bad for the black people. Look up Step and Fetch It. Ah, coming, boys. You know that one? Well, it was an insult to the black people. Larry David is the Step and Fetch It of the Jews. The Westwood One Podcast Network. podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads go to lips now that's l-i-b-s-y-n ads.com fans of the spoken word welcome this is a podcast Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. So here are some headlines. Now comes the bad news. America's deadliest day to date. Coronavirus death toll soars to 3,180. Increase of 605 with a person dying every two minutes. 22,000 new infections recorded. Experts say worst is yet to come. There's no good news in that. There's no, no nothing in that but bad news. Okay. Next one. Next one, next one, next one. Kennedy sent the boss tell staff the $25 million boondoggle 
that she got through Nancy Pelosi's grift will not save the employees of the Kennedy Center. Where's the money going? I guess it's for pensions for the Kennedy Center of Pesanovantes to pay them all off. Unbelievable to me, the scams. Now, what about the malaria pill touted by the government as a coronavirus treatment? Well, you know I'm leery of it. I'm leery of it because it may work, it may not work. It can be uh, hepatotoxic in some cases. It's not the magic bullet. But who makes it? I looked it up. Who makes the drug that everyone's clamoring for, chloroquine? It's not approved to treat COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2. Okay, but small studies conducted in China and in France suggest it could be beneficial in clearing the virus. Suggest. Of course, everyone says it already been approved. It hasn't been approved. Everyone wants it. But be careful. I'm warning you. The drug is well known to doctors. It's been used since the 50s for malaria and later for arthritis and lupus. It's cheap to make, by the way, because it's not made from the conchona bark anymore. Quinine, conchona, I know a little bit about natural products. This is a synthetic analog of the active principle of conchona bark. So who makes it? Who? Of course, an Israeli company. Wherever you turn, there has to be an Israeli company on the front lines. Teva, Israeli company with facilities in North America, Europe, Australia, and South America, said it would donate 6 million tablets of one version of the drug called chloroquine to hospitals by the end of the month. Good for them. A drug company called Mylan makes it. Netherlands company disclosed plans to restart manufacturing its sprawling drug plant in West Virginia. Good news. Swiss Pharma Novartis, Novartis said it would donate up to 130 million doses if it's cleared for use by regulators. Okay, generic drug makers Teva and Mylan will ramp up production of a decades-old malaria pill that's drawn substantial attention efforts to repurpose existing drugs as treatments for the new coronavirus. So one last point on that because I'm not going to overload you with technical stuff. Again, how does it work? And I've warned you now since this came up over a month ago that it has caused hepatotoxicity, meaning liver damage. Be careful. But no one wants to hear that. Nobody. They're all grasping for the magic bullet. But way back when uh, this all started to hit the uh, fan, so to speak, I was posting um, information that I had about chloroquine, about conchona bark, and things of that nature. And I'm going backwards to try and find it. I'm just scrolling down on my Twitter feed. Here we go. March 21, Michael Savage at a Savage Nation. Quercetin and epigallocatechin act the same way as chloroquine to open the cellular membranes to permit zinc to enter and kill the virus. I got phenomenally interesting responses, including people from Israel in the sciences who know what they were talking about. And the beauty of Twitter is that when you get the morons to stop bothering you with gifts of howdy doody and exploding balloons, in the middle of it, there's some intelligent people who actually say things. So some scientists started to say things that made a lot of sense. And I really want you to look at that, that sequence, right? There's also on March 19th on my Twitter feed, a very, 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 super, very, very important tweet, quinine, exclamation point. Dosage is very important, can be neurotoxic, do not overconsume. The mad rush may spell disaster for some. And I linked to the Quinism Foundation, which warns of the dangers from the use of the anti-malarial drug. And all the varieties, chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, 
mephlox, uh, mefloquine, quinine, and related quinoline drugs, which uh, they say risks sudden and lasting neuropsychiatric damage to the human body. Okay? So I'm very familiar with botanicals. I'm very familiar with natural products. And what actually, how does it work? How does it work? Now, you got to understand that interactions between your drugs can cause nerve damage. Now, if you are on any anti-cholesterol uh, drugs like pitavastatin, a statin drug, right? When you mix hydrochloroquine and pitavastatin, however you pronounce it, I'm not sure the genera how you say it, it can cause nerve damage. It applies to Plaquenil, hydroxychloroquine, and pitavastatin. So be aware that there's drug interactions as well as direct uh, toxic effects of some of these drugs. So please, your doctor should help you with this. They're so busy, they don't even look up about drug interactions. But before you jump on the hydroxychloroquine, the antimalarial drug that everyone thinks is the magic bullet here, be careful, be careful, be careful. The drug is also contraindicated for those with heart disease. And I have to say to you, the new miracle cure for the Wuhan virus can cause retinal damage. I posted that on March 19th, boys and girls. The new miracle cure for the Wuhan virus can cause retinal damage, not yet known by the media experts who are touting this drug. I think Dr. Hannity touted it on March 20th. Dr. Hannity who studied for about one second on the Fox News channel. He got his medical degree from the toilet bowl at Fox News was telling you it was the cure for everything. After saying there was no illness, it was a hoax. Unbelievable, the misinformation that's out there. I'm trying to give you real info. I think I've given you some useful info. Go to um, my Twitter feed. You can scroll back down and see all my cooking videos. I'm not making any money off it. It doesn't mess. Not from my, I know we're all cynical. We think everyone's trying to cash in. I did a, a recipe for Hungarian paprika chicken. It was very popular. Did I make a dime off it? No, I'm not looking to make money. I'm looking to educate. I'm looking to uh, elucidate the public that follows me and follows the show. And there's some good news. Bernie Sanders, gone, gone with the wind. Bernie Sanders is finished. He's like the old grandfather you've forgotten in Alzheimer's ward. Gone. He's on the ninth floor of a, of a treatment facility somewhere in Boca Raton. The communist criminal poisoner of young minds is now on the ninth floor of an Alzheimer's ward, spewing his anti-American hatred from a bed somewhere, I would hope. By the way, I have a beautiful picture up there. Africa's mountain gorillas are also at risk, keeping tourists away to save them from SARS-CoV. It could rip your heart out. One of my causes has been elephants and dogs and gorillas giving money here and there. And you see these magnificent uh creatures these magnificent beautiful animals the mountain gorillas you see a father gorilla a mother gorilla and a baby gorilla and you see a vicious disgusting verminous man the pox on the planet hunting them to kill them and now the the the, the virus is hunting them to kill them oh god it can break your heart if you really open up your psyche to the to the if you let your consciousness if you let this pour into your consciousness you could get overwhelmed like from a, a tsunami of the animals on this earth, what's done to them, especially what the Chinese do to them. They're the worst mistreaters of animals on the whole globe. I'll say it a few more times till Maxine Waters hears me. They mistreat animals on a scale unknown to human history in China. They put dogs in cages and they boil them alive. 
they torture bears in cages to remove certain glands from them for some stupid aphrodisiac. All they're concerned about is getting an erection in China. They slaughter some of the most beautiful creatures on the planet to get a heart on. It's unbelievable. They never heard of Viagra? The morons never heard of Levitra. They have to go kill an animal and pull out a gland out of a bear. These schmucks. And where's the UN on this? Worthless garbage. The perverts in, 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 in the UN. What are they doing? It just shows you what worthlessness the UN represents. The un, the un, the un, the UN. I kick them out of New York. I've said it for years. Turn the entire UN building into a homeless shelter. Let those, uh, those prize uh, human beings in the UN, the diplomats, go back where they came from. What have they done for this epidemic? Nothing. 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 All they do is cash in on uh, the poorest countries. Earth. But getting back to the mistreatment of the animals. Dogs they keep alive in cages and cook them. Live market. You know what a live market is in China? They eat animals alive. They snap the head off. They walk through a market like you buy a broccoli. They buy a bird and, and bite its head off while it's living. And then they go, oh, a real tough man in front of his girlfriend. Not supposed to say it? Well, I'll say it a few more times. I'll say it till you finally understand. Because I've been saying this for 20 years, as long as I've been on the radio. China has mistreated more animals on the planet than any other country on Earth. Uh, Peter hasn't said a word because they went there, they wouldn't come back. They'd, they'd be put into a stew. But here they, they, they spray paint people with a fur coat. I have a soundbite I got to play here. This is unbelievable to me. You know, I have a soundbite from Dr. Death Fauci. I don't even want to play it. I'm calling Dr. Fauci Dr. Death now. Every day gets up there with, what's with the cracking voice? If he'd shut his mouth and do science, it'd be better for the country. He's on seven shows a day, Dr. Fauci. The last time he saw a laboratory, he ran. He thought he was going to be arrested. What, what do you mean? Every day, 100,000 to 240,000 deaths with mitigation. Dr. Death comes out every day. The stock market collapses. Every time Fauci opens his mouth, the market falls 1,000 points. Okay, so you go on now. I'm looking for the one of the uh, of the uh, the twenty five million dollar one. That was a horrible one, where the Kennedy Senate president who got the grift from Pelosi, Deborah Rudder. How'd she get the job? Deborah Rudder, Deborah Rudder, says the twenty five million dollars in stimulus isn't enough to pay employees. So here is this monster who runs Kennedy Center, gets a twenty five million dollar grift job from Pelosi, and she's not keeping her employees. She's firing them. Where's the money going to go? How much is getting kicked back to the Democrat Party? <laughs> you don't know how grants work then, do you? You haven't figured that out yet? You give and you get? No? Yeah, okay. Um, Ted Cruz says it's plausible that the coronavirus is a biological weapon the Chinese army created. Good for you, Mr. Cruz. Absolutely. It's plausible. Why? He's not allowed to say it? Who was the one who said that you can't say the who on who on right? Here. Here's Susan Rice, a flop, a failure from the top to the bottom. A monster. Listen to what she says in clip uh, 27. It's shameful. I mean, for the United States to be race baiting and to be a virus which never has a flag, can't have a flag as as being the provenance of, of one country. Oh, is shut designed the hell to up. be divisive. It's designed to stigmatize. Turn her off. She was a failure when she worked for the rotten bum Obama. Now she's still spewing her racial hatred, saying it's shameful how Pompeo referred to the COVID-19 as the Wuhan virus. Well, he's not alone, Susie. Hey, Susie, he's not the only one saying it. Anyone with a brain knows it's a Wuhan virus. It's not the New Orleans virus, Susie. All you can do is hate America, you rotten. You know, there's so much America hatred. It's coming out like a pus now. 
The top of the pyramid of America hatred would be Pelosi. Next to her in a runner-up is the bartender. Bartender, two of the most hated women in the history of America. They, 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 they're like a combination of the worst women, the worst of womanhood that America has ever seen is Pelosi and occasional cortex. You know, occasional cortex, she has a deficit. The brain works occasionally. But when it does work, all she knows how to do is scream race in a crowded nation. She's never said a positive thing in the world. Now, here's a witch, occasional cortex, a witch like her drove out a company from New York that wanted to open up and open a business there, Amazon. She drove away 25,000 jobs. Now she's screaming she needs more money for jobs and workers in America. Okay, why do you think I call her occasional cortex? Why? Because I'm not Ravel playing the Bolero. I'll be right back. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. The Savage Nation. It's Savage on Demand. I want you to mark the date down because after the dust settles, whether it's months or years to come, when this blows over and millions of people have been poisoned by chloroquine-related compounds with hepatotoxicity and they need liver transplants, you'll say, you know, I remember a radio guy back in uh, April of 2020, I think it was the 1st of April, April Fool's Day. I don't know his name, Michael something. And he's referring to the dangers of chloroquine. I didn't pay any attention to him because, after all, he wasn't on NPR. He wasn't interviewed on CNN. He's never seen on Fox News, so he can't know what he's talking about. Mark it down. Just mark it down. And one other thing. This is, this is blow number one against America. I'm telling you, I, I saw this coming. I felt it intuitively. Last November, whatever intuitive skills God may have given me as a, as a minor seer, let's put it to you that way. Uh, I'm not one of the you know, fakers with a robe. I can see around corners. I saw something terrible coming in the, in the first quarter of 2020, and I'm on record with it. On this show, we are weak now, and we're going to get weaker. What happens when a nation that was once powerful is weak? What do your enemies do? Do they send you aid? What do they do when you're weak? In any war, tell me what they do in a major. When a big, big giant is weak, what, what does your, the other giant do, do to the giant that's bigger than him? Hmm? Hits him again. And where does he hit him? In his most vulnerable spot. All of our defensive agencies are weak right now. DHS weakened, NYPD New York weakened, 1,000 out. FBI weakened. So who's watching, who's waiting in the wings? You think they've gone away? You're telling me the Islamists have suddenly gone to sleep? You think they all went to Mecca? They're waiting to strike as sure as I'm sitting here. I would say maintain our vigilance now more than ever. Pay no attention to the vermin rats on the left who want to focus all our attention on Donald Trump. They are all quizzlings, every last one of them. Michael Savage, a host like no other. 
As a nation, we face a difficult few weeks as we approach that that really important day when we're going to see things get better all of a sudden. And it's going to be like a burst of light, I really think and I hope. Our strength will be tested and our endurance will be tried. But America will answer with love and courage and ironclad resolve. This is the time for all Americans to come together and do our part. Tell that to Nancy Pelosi, who in the midst of this is trying to steal the national treasury till there's nothing left for it. Just rob it dry till there's nothing left and bust the nation out like she would a sporting goods store in a soprano segment. Just bust the nation out. Take every available credit and give it to her friends. It's a sickening thing to watch. In a time like this when she just, she can't, you know, it's like true to form. They can't change no matter what happens to the nation. An atomic bomb could be dropped on New York. She'd still be trying to grift out what she can for her supporters. It's sickening. It's nauseating. It's nauseating. And I don't see how the American people don't see this. I don't see it. But we have to go on with our lives. And I asked you at the beginning, what are you doing to keep up your spirits in a time like this? And I played some Italian music from a man singing in his apartment with the window open. I'm not asking you to sing with your window open. Here in America, you'd probably be, they call 911. The country has no culture at all. After 10 years of the Kardashians behind, there's no culture left in America. After 10 years of Kardashian and that creature, a husband of ours, marching around and being held up as cultural icons, there is no culture in America. There's nothing left. It was destroyed a long time ago. No, if you sang with a piano in, in your apartment, they would they call 911 here in America. If you got up there, though, and rubbed your crotch with a gold chain on your neck in a window, oh, then, uh, then maybe CNN would come around with a COVID truck. Special trucks, they could film you in the window rubbing your crotch. That's the country. What culture are you talking about? What's left here after 10 years of these vermin? The culture. Should I play it? I don't know. Play it again. Maybe it's too much. Talk about what foods have quercetin, what foods have... Now, you want to hear that anymore? You don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear anything. Everyone knows Everyone knows everything. It's the thing I don't like about America today. Everyone's a damn expert. Whatever you say to anyone, you could have studied 20 years in the field. They know more than you because they read two articles in the, in the New York Sun. You try to tell them about uh, hydroxyquinoline. They know more than you do already. They read one article in a British tabloid. They're an expert already on hydroxyquinoline. You were trekking for years in the jungles collecting plants sacrificing for your family, borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. That doesn't matter. On Schmuck read one article in the New York Post. He's already an expert on, on the virus, the treatments. He knows everything. One article. And he tweets. The tweeters are the worst in the, in the history of the world. You got, you've got heads of state setting policy for their nations on Twitter. And then you've got morons sitting in their basement who, because they can type a few illiterate words... They think they're on an equal par with the leader of a nation. This is the problem with social media. But it didn't start with them. It started with, for example, the Kardashians. I have to come back to the degeneracy of our culture for one second. When you saw a person with no talent whatsoever, nothing, a complete and total invention of a public relations department, a waste of DNA otherwise, a human waste of DNA, when you see her held everywhere you open an article, a page, there it is again, her fat behind, everywhere you turned, everywhere you turned, there was her, her I, I almost threw up this one for 10 straight years. I never saw anything like a hypnosis like this. 
a talentless nobody family, you couldn't get away from them. Whatever paper you opened up, there it was, the fat behind again. You turned away to the sports section, another article about the fat behind. You turn to the business section, another article about the fat behind. I, you know which way you turn. They destroyed America. Then you throw in the Jewish step and fetch at Larry, Larry David. And you start to think all Jews are like Larry David. Cheap, obnoxious, insulting. Uh, and then say, he's funny. He's funny. He's, he's about as funny as cancer, Larry David. Larry David's as funny as, as terminal cancer to the Jewish people. What that man has done for the image of the Jewish people is equivalent to what Don Colleone did to the image of the Italian people. What Larry David is doing to the Jewish people is equivalent to what Stephen Fetcher did to the African-American community here in America. But, uh, you know, that's too esoteric. It's called being too smart for the, for the, for the uh, room. I get it. No one knows what the hell I'm talking about. You know, sometimes I talk and my references, they're, they're like three people follow what I'm saying. Then they tweet and say, why do you talk down to us? Go on Twitter. You'll see why I talk down to you. You see the things, people, right? You can't believe it. No one ever, no one ever, uh, no one ever lost money underestimating the intelligence of the American people. Who wrote that? Whoever says that wins a prize, he wins a door prize. You could see it today how dumb people are. They, they go on Twitter. They're experts on medicine, ep- experts on science, experts on epidemiology. You got people on television who went to the ninth grade who are giving medical advice. First, they said it's a hoax. After the president stopped saying it was a hoax, they were still saying it was a hoax. They didn't hear the, they didn't get the mimeograph sheet. So people went crazy over this watching Fox News. It got so bad that an article came out saying fake virus info, purveyors of lies cannot be sued. It was a website, law, a law, a law and crime. And they were referring to Fox News programs, guests and hosts, and their coverage of the pandemic. And people were saying, how can they get away with this? How can a guy keep going on and on? It's, it's, it's a hoax. It's a hoax. It's a hoax. It's a hoax. Hoax, 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 hoax. So people, what, were going out and licking banisters because one putz who went to the ninth grade told you it was a hoax when everyone knew who knew anything that it was not a hoax? You can't sue him. Can, cannot sue. Big, big article. In uh, fake virus info, purveyors of lies. So once again, the luck of the Irish holds for uh, the wall banger. That guy's like untouchable. The 20,000 apartments with uh, low-income people that he kicked out when they were crippled, that didn't happen. Nothing nothing touched him. Some people have the luck of the Irish. 20,000 apartments, low-income, HUD loans up up and down the HUD loans. Poor people, throws them in the gutter, renovates the apartments, jacks up the rent. Nothing touched him. His lawyer, same lawyer that Trump had, is in the can right now, Cohen. Nothing. No one puts two and two together. Now, for a month, he goes on, and it's a hoax, it's a hoax, it's a hoax, a hoax, hoax. Nothing doesn't get fired and can't sue him. There are no consequences. Do you understand that? If a doctor, a surgeon, makes a mistake, he loses his license. One slip of that scalpel in the wrong way, he's out of business. But on Fox or whatever else, you can say anything you want, nothing. First Amendment, First Amendment, First Amendment, First Amendment. It's not a blanket protection. As I tweeted the other day, yes, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. That's it's a homily. Everyone knows that. But I said something different. And don't get mad at me. I said it on March 30th. When you yell, there is no fire in a burning theater. You should be responsible for the many deaths and suffering that you are causing. But there isn't. Just buy more slum housing now in a collapsing uh, economy. 
plenty of money flowing in there at Fox for him. He could buy more apartments and throw more people in the gutter. And then when they stop paying rent, they'll probably get a bailout yet from the government. Watch, you'll see the you'll see the rotation here. If you after all of the dust is settled, you look back and say, how did they get away with this? All right, whatever. Chloroquine isn't helping the sickest patients from a frontline ER doctor in a major hospital. I, I read that yesterday from a doctor in New Orleans. And I've been calling for a selective quarantine now till my voice became as hoarse as Dr. Death, Dr. Fauci. Of course his voice is hoarse. He can't shut his mouth. He does five shows on a Sunday morning. One, one after the other, he does the quinilla. The whole quinilla he does. One after the other, Dr. Fauci. The last time he saw a laboratory, he ran out screaming. He got frightened. He forgot what it looked like. Now he's a media star. Every other day, he's criticizing the president, undermining him like a little snake on a ship. You got the, you got the captain of the ship, then you got the snake running around saying the captain don't know what he's talking about, but I didn't say that. I didn't exactly say the president doesn't know what he's talking about, but he doesn't really know what he's talking about. But if you really look at it a little carefully, you see he doesn't know what he's talking about. And everyone's going to die by 200,000 deaths. How does, how does he keep this guy in this job, Dr. Death? All right, let's, let's uh, the doctor hung up already. I had a guy hanging. I don't blame him. He's got to do a doctoring. 855-407-282. What, what do you want me to do now on the show? How about a little sound job? Here is a montage of your friends, the Democrats, giving dangerous coronavirus advice along the lines worse than than Wallbanger. Listen to this in clip one. The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low. And our city preparedness is high. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to (laughs) eat. I'm going to do that today myself. Come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and yeah, she is Come in Chinatown eating poisonous dim sum. There is no concern at this time for coronavirus. These are the Democrats the criticizing Trump. The Department of Sanitation Trump. is ready for Mardi Gras 2020. The facts are <laughs> reassuring. We want New Yorkers to go about <laughs> their daily lives. But there's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. We are hardy people. Americans well, not hardy not at all. Panic. Stop with the garbage. What I would suggest, however, scared, is that Americans take this right, turn as it off. a wake-up call. Made my dog start. You got a coughing paroxysm. Teddy's with me in one of his rare appearances in my studio today. But he's still got the disease. He's coughing like crazy. It's eventual. It's eventual. There's no question about it. But I love him so much. See, he's going to ruin the show now. I can't yell at him. He's sick. It's like a a death rattle behind me here. It's like, (laughs) all right, Teddy, take it easy. Go, Go look at the sun. Go get some nice sunlight. Play with yourself out there on the deck. Look at the birds. So you got the Dems giving dangerous coronavirus advice, criticizing Trump for not doing enough. On January 30th, he slams the door and travel from China, and they're screaming he's a racist. Cut it out. It's awful sounding, man. Like Trump, hard times ahead. So the next two weeks is supposed to be awful. I went shopping today. I don't know. I don't have like a biohazard suit to buy a lettuce or a roll of toilet paper. There was a woman in that market today. I thought she should be mentally put away in a nuthouse. I don't know what they're wearing. Where do they get these things from? I, I, outfits like I've never seen. And they look at you like you could poison them. Oh, like I got some gray in my beard, I admit. I'm like like now the worst villain in the, in the neighborhood. All of a sudden, they're looking at older people like we're villains. If you just were let out of San Quentin for committing eight axe murders, and you look like you could kill someone, they would elect you to an office in the Governor Newsom's office. 
But I come out with a gray beard, a little gray in my beard. They want to they have me committed to a, to a, uh, a prison because I might infect them. That's how psychotic these good liberals are. It's, it's so They're so predictable. All of these knee-jerk suburban liberal women. Outfits on them. A mask, a pair of goggles, like a, like a, sw- like a snorkel mask one had on without the snorkel. A snorkel mask for the eyes, a, a nose thing for the thing, COVID, a mouth covering, a, a gauze around the chin, a gloves, of course, that's a, that's a the glove. Then the idiot goes home. Does she take her shoes off at the door? No. Walks in the house, brings the, gar- the, the filth from her shoes into the rug. Her cat, probably, her eight cats walk on the rug. And they go, give me honey, let me give you a little catty food. Walks in the rug and gives it whatever bacteria was there. I mean, for years, I would never bring shoes in the house. I told a famous story on my show years ago. Now I'm entertaining you. It's toward the end of the show. Right? I see the light at the end of the tunnel. No, no, it gets good toward a quarter to two here on the West Coast. I feel, I feel liberated because I know soon I'm going like, to cook lunch and fall asleep in a stupor. Get my rest when I go home. Years ago, I told you I had a friend who went to medical school late in life. He wasn't a bad guy, but he couldn't make a buck in his field. So he went back, suffered, went to an inferior medical school. Or he came out, became a doctor. Not bad. So to show off, he came over to my house, and we had young children at the time. Came over in the, in the green scrubs right from the hospital. And he was wearing those paper things on his feet. I said, could you take your paper things off? At the? I don't want you walking in the house with those. He got insulted. He said to me, "How?" and here's a guy with a medical degree. He said, how dare you in, imply that I could trample any kind of uh, microbes into your house. I said, they're on your shoes, man. They're on that paper. Whether it was a bacterium, a virus, a protozoan, I didn't know what. Even from walking in the street. It just shows you these people don't even know the germ theory of disease with a medical degree, by and large. I'll be back. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. Now the hospitals are running out of oxygen. Okay. Oxygen. It's in the air. But you can't just get it from the air. If you get the, this virus and it hits you in the lungs, you get pulmonary related illnesses. You need medical oxygen. Now it's a limited commodity. Looking at my oxygen level, it's uh, 97%. I have a little oxygen thing. I got it in December when I got sick. I think it's cute. Shows my heart rate is 67. My oxygen's 97. Not bad. Okay. I don't need oxygen. Go out and take a deep breath and do some Tai Chi on the deck. So normal oxygen saturation levels are around 95 to 100%. But when you get this disease and your breathing is affected, you're in trouble. And then you need oxygen. And if you don't have oxygen, you're going to get really sick or die. So, okay, the hospitals are running out of it now. You've seen people with oxygen everywhere. Cruise ships, oxygen tanks. Unheard of. Everywhere you turned, an oxygen person. The air that you normally breathe is about 21% oxygen. I'm sure that Bernie Sanders doesn't know that. He only knows about one gas in the atmosphere. That's carbon dioxide and, 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 and hogwash gas. But air, air is made of a number of gases. 21% of it is oxygen. But highly concentrated pressurized oxygen is a commodity that is required, especially in medicine. So where do you get it from? You don't get it from uh, occasional cortex. All she produces is hot air. It requires a manufacturing plant. Capitalism. Occasional cortex doesn't understand that. So plants across the country produce oxygen. They produce high pressure, large tanks sent to hospitals. 
and then the hospitals take the oxygen out of the large tanks and give them to smaller tanks. And then there's lower pressure tanks, which are small and designed for personal use. So they have to make it. It's a commodity like everything else. And now what? They're going to ration it. You see them everywhere. Florida, oxygen tanks. You go on a cruise walking around with the little oxygen tanks. You got people at home with oxygen tanks. Your grandmother. Now, what's going to happen when they can't get oxygen because of the pandemic? You're going to blame Donald Trump? How about you can't blame anybody? Is it possible that you can stop pointing the finger during this national crisis and stop becoming a mini Nancy Pelosi or a mini nitpicker? Maybe it's nobody's fault. Maybe it's an act of God. Think about that. Is it an act of God? If it is, stop pointing fingers for a minute and join the solution. Thanks for listening. I'm Michael Savage. God bless America. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 